Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Cybersecurity for small business has become overwhelming. Unprecedented threats, escalating rhetoric, and limited resources. None of us can battle it alone. Lean on your community at Calyptix Security. The Calyptix Community Shield automatically unites small businesses and raises the costs and challenges for cyber criminals by harnessing threat intelligence from our community. If they attack any one of us, everyone gets the benefit with Community Shield. The best part? No added costs. By working together, we will prevail. Learn more at Calyptix.com and tell them Carl sent you. Hi, this is Carl. Welcome back. I am speaking today with Manoj Srivastava, who is from ID Agent. He is the general manager of ID Agent and Graphis, uh, which is one of the Kaseya family of companies. Welcome, sir. Hi, hi, uh, Carl. Very nice to meet you and pleasure to be here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got where you are today? Yeah, Carl. So, so yeah, my name is uh, Manoj Shirvastava. And in my current role, you know, as you said, I am the general manager for security products at ID Agent and Graphis. So I came to, uh, came to ID Agent and Graphis. You know, we are a subsidiary of uh, Kaseya, which is, you know, the IT management uh, platform company. I sold my company, uh, Graphis. So I'm the co-founder and former CEO of Graphis uh, last year to Kaseya. So that's how I came to Kaseya. And prior to that, you know, I have been involved with the cybersecurity space for a, for a very long time. Uh, I got into, you know, uh, security in the, in the mid-1990s. Uh, I started working for a company by the name of Network Solutions. Uh, some of you might uh, recall that company. It was one of the companies that did domain name registrations uh, back in the, you know, uh, early 90s and they still do it, but now that space has grown very big and they were the only one registering domains on the internet. So I started with them in 1996. And that time, believe it or not, we had less than uh, 1 million domains registered between .com, .net, .org, .edu, all the TLDs, right? And today that number is north of, I think it's like 180 million or something like that. So within that space, you know, uh, securing the DNS or the domain name system is a pretty critical thing because that's where all the hackers get their intelligence on, you know, what you are using in the environment, what is externally visible, et cetera, et cetera. So that's where I sort of like, you know, started my career in, in security. It wasn't known as cybersecurity back then. Right. And then I spent, uh, you know, like uh, 10 years. Uh, so the company was acquired by VeriSign. Now you might recall VeriSign. They were the pioneers for SSL, secure, you know, the, the, the certificate that you see uh, when you visit a website, if it is, you know, secured by SSL, you can transact with confidence. You can submit, like, you know, your credit card and stuff like that, right? So they were, like, you know, primarily the company that pioneered, you know, secure electronic transactions on the internet. And after that, like, I worked for an, uh, a startup, you know, which was into uh, very early into threat intelligence. So threat intelligence is a big space now. But back in, you know, the uh, mid-2000s, we were looking at, 
how the brands are being used, abused, how malware and viruses are being uh, distributed on the internet, how phishing you know, was emerging as a social engineering tactics to fool consumers of uh, big businesses like uh, banks and pharmas and stuff like that. So that has been the journey, you know, very interesting in terms of how cybersecurity and cybercrime has uh, evolved in the last 20 years or so. It's interesting. So uh, I always like to, to uh, brag about my involvement with Network Solutions. So when I first registered a domain, uh, you know, they assign you a NIC handle. Yes. My NIC handle is KP28. Wow. It is like I've never met anybody with a lower nick handle than mine. <laughs> that that sure sounds a very early adopter of a domain name. <laughs> I, I I want to uh, buy a beer or have them buy me a beer if I meet somebody with the lower nick handle. So anyway, so um, uh, so tell us about Graphis. So you know, kind of where did that come from, and when did you start, and so forth. Right. So Graphos is a phishing uh, defense platform and phishing is all about social engineering, right? Social engineering, the person uh, at the other end of like, you know, an email or it could be a phone call or whatever. So, so it is all about like, you know, looking at social engineering within the email uh, vector and protecting and, uh, you know, the recipients and, and users from getting scammed or like falling, you know, victims to phishing, which could, which could be, you know, about stealing their password, you know, stealing, you know, confidential information and stuff like that. So just want to like give the definition of uh, what phishing is and, and what Graphos does. Now your question is how did I like, you know, end up uh, building Graphos or like creating this company? So as I said earlier, like, you know, back in the uh, mid 2000s, you know, after I left Verisign, I joined a company called Cyvalence, and we focused on threat intelligence on the internet. And this was the time, you know, early 2000s, and phishing was sort of like, you know, becoming um, becoming prevalent on the internet where, you know, like consumers, people like you and I would get emails in our personal inbox saying, hey, you know, uh, some information from, uh, you know, our bank, they want us to log in or change our password and stuff like that. And we would click on the link, give our password, and boom, somebody else has the, uh, you know, the email address and the password, and they could log into the bank, you know, do an electronic transaction, transfer the funds out. So those were the early days how phishing was, uh, you know, playing out on the internet. So when I was at this company, um, Cyvalence, you know, we, we started, like, you know, since we monitored the internet for threat intelligence, we started looking at, like, you know, all these scams happening because we would monitor spam emails. Uh, we would like, you know, look at websites which were pretending to be American Express or, you know, your favorite bank, et cetera, and collecting people's credentials. So we built a business, you know, by uh, proactively monitoring and shutting down these attacks by selling the products and services to large banks and, uh, and you know, like big brands on the internet. So it became pretty clear to us at that time that sooner or later, this tactics is going to be used against enterprise users, right? So initially it was all consumers stealing your personal money, but the tactics is so effective and simple, you know, in, in a lot of ways, that why won't a hacker use this to steal your enterprise password, get inside the network and steal the information that way as opposed to hacking systems and networks 
which requires more skill and is, is, is harder. And, so, and it's labor intensive. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, so, so it was, you know, like very clear. And we started doing things to like, you know, protect the enterprises from such targeted attacks. So one of the things that I realized is that the technologies which were being leveraged, uh, you know, the traditional secure email gateways and stuff like that, they were just not equipped to figure out if an email has a malicious intent or is a genuine email, right? If there's a malware, yes, you can detect it. But if it's a simple email pretending to be someone, you know, like uh, trustworthy to you or your family or your, you know, uh, your boss at your work, and there is no way in the email to authenticate that, then the chances are you'll fall victim. So at that time, like, you know, started experimenting with like, you know, big data analytics, artificial intelligence, and essentially looking at very different ways of establishing trust between the senders and the recipients and using that as a fundamental model to predict whether the intent is malicious or not. And, you know, essentially use scoring to do that and then get into other deeper analysis in the context of whether, you know, uh, a message, uh, an attachment or, an, or, an, or a URL is coming from a trusted sender or not. So that was the basis. And the other insight was, uh, or, or the fact is, that it is difficult to authenticate email addresses. Email, if you, I mean, uh, you know this, right? This was the first killer app of the internet, and it goes back to 80s, early 80s. Security was not built into it. If you write an email address, hey, you believe it, you take it at face value, but that's not true. Anybody can pretend to have any email address. So authentication has been a problem. Many protocols have been, you know, like created later on, like DKIM and DMARC and SPF to solve that problem, but none of them solve the problem at the email address itself. You know, they're trying to authenticate domains and stuff like that. So we came up with other techniques, you know, leveraging big data analytics by analyzing historical interactions and exchanges between senders and recipients to come up with unique fingerprints to do a strong authentication of, of senders. So coupled with all these, you know, like new things that we created and, and perfected over several years, that's, that's how Graphus was finally born in 2015. So thank you for that. So here's a question. What exactly does Graphus do? Like if I buy it today, what am I going to be implementing uh, that, that would be noticeable to my clients? What are they going to right. see or not see? Right. So, uh, so when we think of clients, let, let's talk about like, you know, the end user, the users within the organization. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, Graphus provides three layers of security. The first layer is uh, totally transparent to your end users, your recipients in the organization. And that layer is all about detecting and blocking attacks, right? So the, the users in your organization never get to see those things that have already been detected and blocked. The second layer is what we call the employee shield. Now this layer works on emails that, that, that are suspicious, that have been determined to be suspicious by the system. Now, given that we are talking about social engineering, the area is very gray, right? Uh, everything that you do uh, you, uh, is not done over the email. So for example, you know, you open a new bank account that is totally done outside of your email, email system. So, the system has no idea that, hey, you know, if you receive an email from your bank saying, hey, you know, welcome to, uh, you know, SunTrust or whatever, please reset your password. There is no way for system to say, hey, is it from a trusted sender 
is it legit or not? But since it is asking you to reset a password and it is about a bank, the system is going to put a warning message in the email itself saying, you know, hey, you are receiving an email from a sender that you don't know, you have never interacted with, and they're asking you to reset a password. You might want to be careful if this is not something you're expecting, don't act on it, right? So these kind of very specific warnings are displayed to the end user for emails which are gray or like, you know, suspicious emails, and then they can act on that. So the, so the warning banner is not just a, a warning banner. It's an actionable banner where you can say, oh yeah, this looks bad. Click on, this is bad. Or no, this is fine, you know, because I talked to someone and I can click on, this is okay. Uh, based on how the end user is interacting with those banners, the system is learning, you know, uh, in terms of what's really going on. Uh, it is accelerating its learning about the senders. So, so that's it's, how it's, the... It's learning my habits. Like I actually do business with this bank. I don't do business with this bank. Um, exactly. But that so doesn't, it, it, that's not sharing to other users. Well, so the way it works is, well, the short answer is that the uh, the intelligence about senders, right, whether they are trusted by others or not, that is a global intelligence available to all the customers of Graphus. Now, it is important, as I said earlier, you know, the identity is not just the email address of the sender. It is a fingerprint associated with that sender as well, which has been created by, like, you know, looking at many different uh, variables or factors that are implicitly present in an email when an email is received, you know, the IP address, the geolocation, the application they are using for sending emails. So there are many things, there are 50 things that system is analyzing and collating and creating a fingerprint around those, uh, those uh, uh, attributes. Very cool. So it used to be that uh, somebody got ransomware and it cost them whatever, one Bitcoin, which at the time was $1,000. Uh, right. Now, Colonial Pipeline is estimated to have paid between 30 and $60 million. And so these phishing attacks, uh, you know, now uh, they have a budget. Like these guys now can hire AI programmers mm -hmm. and we're entering this world where the attacks are becoming so sophisticated IT people can't keep up with them. How can an end user possibly know what's safe and what's not? You know, they get all these warnings, but how do they know? Like, it, do they get like a fatigue from seeing so many warnings all the time, right. day and night, every email? Right, right. No, that, that's, a, that's a very good, like, you know, um, a question or, or an observation, right? So this is where the, the quality of a product, you know, comes into play. If you are going to put a warning on every email that, you know, a recipient is getting, yes, they will get fatigued. They will, you know, stop taking it seriously. So the quality of the product to like be very careful and choose, truly speaking, like, you know, the effectiveness in terms of which emails are really suspicious and, you know, warning for those only is, is extremely critical. And then there are other factors which are in play uh, uh, with, with graphers where not only the explicit input by the end user is being taken into account, but also the implicit interaction, right? Let's say they do not click on the warning or like if there's no warning, you know, what are they doing? Are they replying? Are they deleting? Are they forwarding? Are they actually initiating new emails to those sender addresses 
uh, as opposed to just replying, right? So many things are at play, but you know, it's very critical that the warnings uh, are you know, used very judiciously, right? So that is, that is a very, very key part. And the other thing that you talked about, like, you know, how does IT people, how do end users uh, kind of keep up with this environment? And that's where like, you know, cyber awareness training is extremely critical, right? And, 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 and I'm very like consciously using the word awareness because if you're not aware of what's going on in the world, then we are not prepared to be safe, to take certain actions when we see something which is not normal. Right. So if like people are getting fished and there are certain techniques which are being used in those fishing campaigns, it's, it's good to know, like, you know, what what is going on in the industry, just the way like, you know, you would like to know what is happening in your neighborhood. Right. If you know somebody is going around and like trying to break in into cars parked outside or cars that have been left unlocked, they're stealing, you know, the music system, et cetera, et cetera or like you know, people leaving their garage door open, right? All these things happen in, in physical, real life. And because of the neighborhood watch or com site communities, we keep each other informed of what's happening in our neighborhood. So similar things are extremely necessary in the cyberspace, you know, in our email environment, in our office environment, in our organization, that we keep the employees informed of the scams, the fraud, other kind of attacks that are happening even they, you know, they may never get targeted, but hey, you know, if you are aware, you are better prepared to deal with the situation if and when it were to happen. So a lot of these phishing uh, emails are so easy to spot, right? right? I mean, I actually, I did a cybersecurity training last week and I just grabbed some spam, you know, and opened it up and they looked at, you know, for example, they have a kind of a garbly email that seems to have my company name in the middle of it. But then the real email, the so-called real email is from Gmail. And I don't think either one of them is real, but instantly I know, like, I don't even know what's going on. I don't even have to read the rest of the email. I know this is fake. Right. Um, so, but, but phishing attacks are now very sophisticated because like you said, often they've done research. They actually have a dossier on you and your company, and they know who is the general manager, and they know when he's traveling, and when they can send an email that says, hey, I need you to pay these bills right now. Here's the account number. Go, go, go. And their employee is all flustered, right? That's a very sophisticated attack, you know? So right. how do you intercept that? Because that's something where it is, it is almost all social engineering. There's no, there's no way for an administrator or somebody in the finance department to know that that's fake. Right, so so that so broadly speaking, you know, we can classify phishing in two categories, you know, from a technical aspect. One category would be that the phishing email is trying to impersonate uh, you know, somebody else, somebody trusted or, you know, somebody known to you. And the other category is that they're not trying to impersonate. They're just leveraging the content to intrigue you, to engage you and make you do something as simple as, okay, I want to read this news or, hey, you know, I want to open this attachment, you know, there's a gift card in it or whatever, right? So, so two broad categories. 
the first category where they are trying to impersonate, right? Uh, that's where the technology that we have invented and we like to call it trust graph, where we you know, have all the senders who have interacted with you and your interactions with them tell us that you trust them. So anytime you know, they are trying to impersonate a display name, which is not the email address, but your actual name, and, or you know, they are trying to spoof the uh, email address, et cetera. So those things along combined with fingerprinting is very powerful in detecting any kind of impersonation attack, right? To the extent that like, you know, let's say, you know, you deal with somebody by the name of uh, Neil Armstrong, whatever the address might be, right? Now, if an email is coming from them and it is from a totally different address, right? But the content is all good, everything else is good. The employee shield will warn them, hey, you know, you deal with a Neil Armstrong whose actual address is this, this one is a similar person, so just be careful that you're not confused, right? So it's a proactive warning where, okay, you know, even though the second email is a genuine email, the recipient is now very clear that I'm not confusing this with the other Neil that I tend to interact with, right? So that's a very powerful you know, technology that we have created that takes care of all kinds of like, you know, spoofing attempts. Now the other one gets more interesting because there is no attempt to spoof an identity over here. It's like, hey, you know, you won a lottery. And of course, there are many sophisticated versions of that, right? And it is very difficult to contain, uh, you know, people's inquisitiveness in certain cases. And depending upon, like, you know, who you are and what your educational background is and what kind of job you do, people go ahead and they click on those things just to see, hey, you know, I got a gift card. Why not use it? And boom, you know, you get a malware on your desktop or you get a ransomware or like, you know, all those kind of threats come in. So that's where, you know, like the other aspect gets very interesting that if you are receiving an email from a sender who has never interacted with you and the, and the content suggests that, you know, they are trying to leverage some sort of a convincing, you know, uh, techniques and all this is like, you know, um, machine learning and, and NLP that, that gets leveraged, then again, you'll be warned, right? And, and, and uh, the attachments and the links are further analyzed in real time to see, oh, okay, are they kosher or not, right? Again, you know, many uh, techniques, real-time analy uh, analysis techniques that are being used to figure out if this is like really bad or not. And then if, if it is in the gray area, look suspicious, the end user is being warned. Now, no system can be 100%, right? But given the various layers that we have put in place, we are providing 99% plus defense and protection for our customers. Very good. So sadly, the human brain isn't being upgraded anytime soon. So <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> you know, there has to be some kind of training that, that goes along with this, because it's one thing to say, you know, oh, be careful if, if your boss asks you to pay a bill or the bank says to they, they need you to update your password or whatever. Something has to be in your head to say, huh, if the bank wants me to do this, maybe I should delete this email, log into my bank, and I will initiate a password change uh, right. and, and or check if, if there's something or just literally close the email and send a note to my boss and say, did you send me this? Like that. That's fairly straightforward, and yet it's when people are flustered and you know they they see something and they I wouldn't say they panic, but you know they they act very quickly. Yeah. 
that's mm-hmm. where they get them. And so how do we train people to literally take one second and think before they respond? Right. So, you know, I mean, so in terms of training, you know, uh, as, as I talked earlier, that we need to keep people informed of what's happening in the industry, how people are, how others are getting duped, right? You know, the CFOs and accountants, they actually transfer millions of dollars, right? If you have people in finance, they need to know that this is real. It happens. It has happened to others and it can happen to you, right? So that is part of the training, keeping them informed of other people's mistake and the magnitude of that mistake. Then you follow that on with the actual training, which is, hey, you know, what are the different type of emails that you might get and how to recognize them, right? And the third, so, so multiple, uh, you know, aspects of training in, in, in telling them and showing them like, you know, what is happening and how they need to respond or how they need to act or what they need to look for. And finally, like, you know, you've got to do what we call a simulation, you know, attack simulation where, you know, emails are being sent just like an attack, but they're not real attacks. And uh, each employee is being evaluated, you know, uh, how they will interact with them, how will they respond to them. And of course, you know, they are told what is the right behavior. They are not told when these campaigns will happen, uh, depending upon what they do with it, right? Of course, everybody will open and read it, but are they clicking on the link? Are they responding to the email? Are they downloading the attachment? So the Simulation systems, they record all these things behind the scene. And if they were to take undesirable behavior, which is clicking, downloading, or replying, then they're immediately presented with a with you know 30-second, 45-second video and training on that. Hey, you did the wrong thing. You clicked on it. There's a video playing for you. That these are the things which were indicators you should have looked at. Uh, but you, you know, so like so doing just in time training and telling them what they could have done, should have done, reinforces that. So that's a you know, broad technique, you know, like uh, keep them informed, train them on how to recognize bad things, and then do just-in-time training using uh, uh, phishing simulation uh, you know, techniques and stuff like that. That's a good way to keep people uh, you know, trained. Uh, and, and this has to be repeated, right? It's not like once a year kind of a thing. You know, we recommend that uh, companies and organizations are doing this at least, they're doing it once a month, right? I mean, at the end of the day, these things take time and they cost money and then people develop fatigue. So we don't want to do this too often, but at the same time, finding the right rhythm for your organization is extremely critical. Very good. So I want to make sure that we get in your websites. Uh, if people are interested in ID Agent or Graphis, uh, where should they go? And of course, we'll put this in the show notes for everybody. Right. So for Graphus, they can they will go to G R A P H U S dot A I. So that's graphus dot AI. It's not dot com, it's dot AI for artificial intelligence. And for ID agent, they can go to IDAgent.com. Very good. Um, so do you provide training materials for MSPs who want to like help train their clients? Absolutely. Uh, so we have a product, uh, we call it Bullfish. And that product is all about like uh, training employees. And it's a very robust, uh, very competitively uh, priced product that MSPs use to train, you know, their end customers, their end clients, etc. 
Very good. All right. Well, we're basically out of time. Is there anything else you want to add that we didn't cover? No, this was great. I know. I mean, we covered a lot of things, uh, Carl. It was a pleasure, uh, you know, to be speaking with you. Thank you so much. Very good. With luck, we'll have you back. Manoj Shriva Staba from Kaseya, ID Agent and Graphis. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.